Hello, everybody, and welcome to Water Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Love, life, and entertainment. I have Gary Gray with... Oh, we have a heart. Yo, yo. I like hearts. Hearts. <laughs> hearts are Give good. Those. Yes, keep giving us hearts. We love hearts. Yes, love the... Oh, look, it's like shooting up. Go, <laughs> <right>. go, go. <laughs> All right, so it's like the first couple seconds or minute, I'm always like doped up on Periscope. Of course. Of course. So even like on my podcast, I'm like, yes, Periscope. <laughs> People listen to podcasts are probably like, what about us? Right, right. <laughs> yes, okay, I love you guys too that are on, um, you know, what's in the mic? Oh, what's in it? Oh, this is for my podcast. So yeah, for so you what is that mic? What, oh, what is that? Oh, shit. Mic. Yeah. Oh, do you know? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know what this mic is. It's a Zoom. Whatever that means. It's a Zoom. It works. Yeah, uh, it fair works. Fair enough, exactly. Fair enough, yeah. It's a portable mic, and I use this because if I'm doing podcasts and I am not in the comfort of my home, because this is my home right now, and I need to go, like, if you're like, ah, I live all the way here, and it's best for me to do something, you right. know, somewhere else, then we'll do that. Or, you know, um, if people are allergic to dogs, because, yeah. like I said, I have dogs. I have two yeah. of them, and you might hear them barking at some point. <laughs> We're hoping that they're not going to bark or make a noise. Right. That's the goal. But just so you guys know, uh, Gary is from or has been on The Cosby Show. Cute little kid. You're so cute. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's still cute. Still cute thank now. You, thank you. Well, grown, handsome. I don't want to say cute. Yeah, cute's fine. Yeah, because I'm like, cute. <laughs> it all goes to the same place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you've also done voiceover for The Fairly Odd Parents. Right. You do music or you're a musician now. Mm -hmm. And you're working on writing and producing your own web series yes. and a book. So you're not busy at all, pretty much. Nope. You're not busy. Not He's pretty all. much not doing anything. Got the whole day. <laughs> the whole day to do Just absolutely chilling. nothing. nothing. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm interested in is your web series because that's new. I, I mean, obviously that's just a new thing that people are right. doing now anyways. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to start doing this web series? Wow. Uh, I came up with the idea about almost two years ago now. And I really just wanted something fresh and just different. Um, and I kind of like sat on the idea for about a year mm -hmm. and um, I eventually started writing and once the writing process started, it was just very easy and it just flowed really well. Mm -hmm. And so um, I talked to a buddy of mine and um, he was like, get the first season shot and mm -hmm. you know, uh, he works for a production company that I will not be named uh, right now because I can't so it's, say oh, it's still under undisclosure okay. right and uh, and he he said that you know if we get the first season shot that you know we can you know pitch it to the to the company and hopefully get it on on, on the network so um, that's my goal is to have the web series uh, as a first season on the web and then eventually transition to um, you know possibly a Netflix who situation or if we can get it on on this said network then we can do that Hopefully. Got it. So, yeah. And is this something that, are you also in it as well, or are you just I'm, writing and I'm directing? I'm writing, this? producing, directing, and starring. Okay. Um, so, um, and at times I'll probably have the, the camera in my hands as well. So, jack of all trades this time. And so, you, you're going to be but, doing makeup too, touching right, up makeup. Right, right, right. Curling the hair Sound, a little bit. holding like, the boom. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how but, are you holding the boom for yourself? Right, let, like, me, let me practice. Sir. Yeah, I'm like, matter of <laughs> fact, can you run right. this? I'm going to pass these over to you. Ask yourself so, these questions. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a cool experience. Um, right now, everything's just kind of falling into place. So, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice, yep. nice. So you're kind of, you still wearing all the hats. Do you find that challenging to do all that at once? 
Uh, you know what? In the pre-production stage, I think it actually makes things a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty sure once the ball starts rolling and we start filming and everything, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. But right now, it makes everything easier because it's centralized to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have to really delegate any task and worry about if this person or that person did you know A, B, and C. Everything's on me, so it's a little bit easier to keep track of everything. Uh, you know when I'm gathering, you know, um, producers or actors or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's all through me, so it's a little easier. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like I said, once the ball starts rolling, I'll be no sleep. <laughs> no, sleep no sleep. So you yeah. got a little bit of sleep now, but not a lot of sleep right. in the future right. for you. Now, what's the the idea of your web series without giving uh, too much information because you want people to start oh, watching. Oh, well, no, well, no, that's copywritten, so we yeah. can do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's so good. spill the beans. We're, Give yeah. us the whole script. Act it out so, since you can do that, right, too. Right. Act it out um, for each character. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I, I call it a, um, a dramedy. Okay. Um, it's very much in the vein of, I don't know if your listeners or viewers uh, know about, like, 500 Days of Summer, uh, which is a great movie. Um, I call it a cross between that and Ted. Um, mm-hmm. it's based on a, uh, agency and, uh, it's main agent who I play and his name is Peter. And, um, I'm basically just trying to take over the company. I, 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 I've been working there for a long time ever since I was like, you know, an intern straight out of college. And I've just like, I'm just kind of like a prodigy there and the owner wants to give me the company. So it's about kind of following along the lines of what goes on in Hollywood with an agency, a big agency, you know, that deals with athletes, actors, models, you know, mm-hmm. everything of the like. Um, the story takes place right when I'm kind of at the height of my game. And um, I'm kind of like a, we'll say an eligible bachelor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then basically um, the next door neighbor uh, moves out uh, by my house and in moves in this great girl. And I'm just kind of like smitten with her. And she has a boyfriend, so I'm like, really smitten with her. <laughs> right. So it's like so, she's, she looks extra nice. Exactly. So um, I, I'm trying to – she's different from everybody else that I usually am involved with. Mm-hmm. So I'm really kind of attempting to go for it. Um, the side note or kind of comedy relief, if you will, is mm-hmm. that I can hear the thoughts of my penis. Okay. Right. All right now. <laughs> so so – um, that's where the Ted comes in because we have this kind of character that is very much a raunchy, you know, just kind of balls to the wall character that we don't really focus on. You know, mm-hmm. we I don't I didn't want to make that the focus when I was writing it. I just wanted it to be that kind of just quirky, you know, it's almost as if it's another character, almost like a ghost. Like we just mm-hmm. can't see this. He acts like a person, he talks like a person. Well, your penis is talking? Yes. <laughs> right, so the, we're keeping we, it real here. Right, we so have conver- is, has... right, we have conversations. Okay, nobody else knows or Got can it. hear our conversations, okay. but we do. So, like I said, that's kind of where we get the TED idea, you know. Got so where it's, yeah, you know everybody Ted-ish. else can hear it. So, um, but yeah, and then beyond that, it's just really about him not only dealing with that, but dealing with everyday life, you know, mm. in that. And so, I wanted to make a human story. But that was kind of based in sort of a, a fast world, you know, and kind of give it that that quick comedy relief. And, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's coming together. A lot of people have read the first season, so mm-hmm. got some great reviews. So just keeping my fingers crossed. We probably will start filming late August. So Okay, so you got yeah. that mapped out. That's interesting. Yeah, yep. I kind of want to see how that plays out. I'm like, <laughs> how this Ted approach right. with the talking penis, right. you know? It's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right now, living yep. on the ed- what ne- like what direction I guess 
Well, we're we're shooting is it for HBO? we're shooting for <laughs> premium. That's uh, and that's the the network that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. We, you know, as one of the the big three, we'll say. Okay, we'll just um, put that. Yeah. <laughs> Not but, saying um, exactly who. But. Right, right, right. But um, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know that's why for the web series, I'll probably end up on Vimeo or something like that mm-hmm. because we don't want to really break any like you know um, censorship laws with YouTube or you mm-hmm. know any other any of the stricter uh, platforms. So. I'm shooting for Vimeo because they allow a lot more, so we'll see how, how it. it goes. So yeah. this is not going to be the same network as the Fairly Odd Parents. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so after you're watching the Fairly not Odd Parents, you're not watching this. No, so no. It's not happening. No. It's just not. <laughs> not at all. And you're still working on that show, correct? Yes, or, yes, okay. yeah. We are. Uh, we just uh, finished our new newer season, which is on right now. Okay. And so uh, hopefully we get picked up for another one. You never know. Nickelodeon has been great to us. We've been on for... I think they've been on for 13 years, and I've been it's a part been of it for 11, so or something something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a while, and we're just thankful to be on this long. So, yeah, it's a good show, though. It I is. I feel like it's a good show on Nickelodeon. I mean, I've watched it mm-hmm. as an adult. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's, you know, it definitely can catch your eye and keep you interested. You know, as an adult, which is great. That's just, I think the mark of a great cartoon is that mm-hmm. it doesn't really have to be just for kids. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Now, talk a little bit about Blackbird and mm-hmm. your experience work on that project. It was great. Um, and, you know, I've worked with the director before, Patrick Ian Polk, on a previous film that I did, Noah's Ark, Jumping the Broom. And um, he, you know, hit me up and said, you know, we really have this this great script and I want you to, to be a part of it. And, you know, would you mind reading for me? And I sent in a tape and he's like, it's real, it's yours if you want it. And, you know, we immediately went into pre-production. Um, the movie is great. It's, um, I've, it, for people who don't know, it's about mm-hmm. a, um, a boy who lives in like a rural, rural Mississippi and he is very, ha- part of a very strict family, Christian family. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he is very unsure about his sexuality. And so he's going through a struggle of not knowing whether he wants to stay in the church and kind of stay with what his family has taught him all these years or if he wants to go with his heart uh, I play Ephraim which is his best friend and a bad influence and I'm telling him to just do whatever and mm-hmm. you know I'm a drinker and a smoker and you know whatever and so um, it was just a great story and you know something that I really wanted to be a part of and uh, a lot of things that you know Patrick does are very forward-thinking and you know he really helps out tell these stories you know about the LGBT community and mm-hmm. um, it was just really good really good to do uh, we filmed in uh, Mississippi and Atlanta and uh, it was just beautiful beautiful set so uh, that was out uh, in Atlanta DC New York and LA mm-hmm. um, it's out of the theaters now that we were in the theaters for about a month and a half but blu-ray and DVD I believe is July 28th Okay. Yeah, um, I, I believe that's the date. So um, you can expect in about a month or so. All right, that sounds good. Video it, on demand too, I believe. Okay. So if you have like Time Warner or whatever, you can order it on there too. Mm, yeah. And how you said that director, you've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that goes to show you, I know I've talked about this if you guys are following on the podcast, but we talk about relationships and mm-hmm. how important it is and how Definitely. a lot of people that we've listened to have <clears throat> worked with previous directors and then because of their relationships, got other jobs. Mm-hmm. So it makes a difference. How important do you think that is? Like your personality and how you are on very a set important. makes it for your next job. Very important. Very important. I mean, just to carry yourself in a way that they want to work with you again. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you look at it as 
you know, any regular job, that's how it would go. You mm -hmm. know, you if you want to get that promotion, you have to make sure you're doing your job, doing it well, and, you know, also doing the little extras. So that, you know, when it comes, to, uh, comes time to have that promotion, those people that are in charge of that or have the power over that have you in mind, you know, and mm -hmm. it's very much the same with acting. You know, you want to make sure that when it comes to that next project or the next thing that this director or producer is doing, you want to make sure that you're in their minds, you know, not only for your talent and what you can do on set, but how you carry yourself on the set as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. So it's definitely a big thing. <laughs> I think most of most of my jobs as an adult came from people that I worked with as a child. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you, I know you said you submitted a tape for this particular audition. Right. Are you still going out like on, you know, audition <laughs> or are you, are you mainly sending in tapes, but you know, because people know who you are or no relationships? I, I think theatrically I've gotten to the point where I'm, I am sending in tapes quite a bit. Um, but for, you know, I still, you know, go out on auditions commercially, you know, and pound the pavement as they say, you mm -hmm. know, it's still, it's still the way to do it to me. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like. If I'm not going on auditions in that way, then I'm really kind of, you know, not uh, focusing on what got me here in the first place. And, you know, mm -hmm. my thing is, is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's how I did it. That's how I paid bills all this long. So why stop now? So, um, but with theatrical, um, a lot of things are just being casted in, you know, far away places. We got a lot of casting happening in Atlanta, a lot of casting happening in New York right now, Chicago. Um so I think that really that's kind of where that comes from, sending in mm -hmm. tapes because a lot of production companies have moved from L.A. and moved down south or the east coast. So yeah. Now, where do you think is the next growing market since we're touching on like it's moving from L.A.? You know, a lot of people, is, is it Atlanta? Is it New Orleans? Is it, you know, New York? Where do you think it's like the next big city? Uh, Atlanta and New York and Louisiana are actually think past their prime. I think the next emerging market is Chicago. Mm. Um, because of the amount of shows that are being filmed there, the amount of shows that they have based out or on Chicago. Um, you know, you've got Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Um, you know, those shows are huge for their networks. Mm -hmm. And um, Empire even, you know, and a lot of films now being shot in Chicago, Dark Knight, um, you know, Inception partly. So I think that those are the kind of things that you have to look out for is where are you know, the the really kind of game-changing things being filmed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be where is the bulk of these things. Because if we want to be honest, I mean, L.A. is still where the bulk of everything of is course. shot. So we don't really have a right to say that any other market is emerging, in a sense, because it's always going to be L.A. If we, mm -hmm. if we base it off of that. But if we base it off of where are the fresh projects being filmed, uh, right now I think it's Chicago. And uh, I think um, later on we'll probably see... Um, this is just me, but mm -hmm, I think we'll yeah. see a, a lot of Miami stuff uh, coming up pretty soon because I think that that's where the industry <laughs> is going. Um, so we'll see a, a big Florida emergence probably in about a year or two. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, no. I mean, I like Miami. <laughs> right. I've been Sorry. to Miami before, and it's nice. So it's very nice. It's I, went, I spent a Christmas there, and it was great. Oh, thanks for the invite. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I'm like, right? I'm like you know, by the way, Megan, I'm going to Miami for Christmas. Sorry. I'm like... Uh, okay. Bye, family. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to Miami. Why? Because yeah. Gary said we're going. Yeah, you know, we're just, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's Miami for Christmas. Yeah. But actually, side note, my family does kind of want to do something different for Christmas. And I it's think... Great, it's great. Yeah, it's great to do something Christmas. to take, you know, your family and go mm -hmm. somewhere outside the state just to travel. That's a completely another topic or whatever. Right. But yeah, so hopefully they're watching 
and get this note like right. Miami for Christmas. Hey, Miami. <clears throat> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> family, Weaver family, let's do that. Uh, Jamie, hope you're watching us, <laughs> listening. Um, yeah, but it's really interesting about that because I think that's really important for people to know these different markets that are not really emerging but are having these new, you know, right. where you could work in this business. Yeah. You know, so people don't have to say, oh, I have to go to L.A. Mm -hmm. I have to go to New York. Right. You can go to these other places like Chicago, like Atlanta, like Miami. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know. And then build it up and then maybe and then come out to L.A. Yeah, definitely. Or go out to New York. Texas even. Yeah, Texas. You know, and then Texas. And then you have to also understand that uh, different different states have different types of markets. You know, mm-hmm. the print market out is is huge in Texas. You know what I'm saying? So if you're looking to to model more, you know, you would gonna you would probably go to Miami or Texas first before you would even think about Atlanta or you know something like mm-hmm. that. Obviously New York, but that's like you know, <laughs> like, like the runway, right. that's the extreme modeling. Right. So. You know? Where the best, the best kind of or high fashion is mainly right. New York, but right. you still have to go there. Exactly. But starting off, you can go to Texas, <laughs> right. somewhere in Texas, Why and not? build your way up. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so speaking of other markets and stuff, because you also do music now. Yes. And has music always been in your blood, or when did you decide to say this is in my mm. new skill level? I'm gonna settle into. I would say it, it's always been in my blood. My dad is a musician. Uh, he's a singer and, and writer, and he plays a couple of instruments. Um, I started rapping when I was about four years old, um, and it was just like one of those cute things, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so uh, cute, little right, rapping. <laughs> right. Um, and then I started taking it really seriously, and my mom uh, sort of put it together to where I had a manager for it and everything, and went and recorded. And I actually had a single out in Chicago uh, when I was, I believe, I was seven years old, something like that. Um, and it did. What's the name wh- of it? Oh my gosh, that was Little G is in the house. Shut up. That's what it was Shut called. Up. Just because that was how music was titled back then. You know? <laughs> it was. Right, so. But wait, um, can we find this song? I don't know. I okay, hope not. so I we're, no, we're going to find this song. <laughs> and I wish I found it before I this. I hope not. Oh my God. If somebody has that. I, wait, I'm going to. Okay, well, continue to talk. We're going to look. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find this. Right now, I'm looking it up on my computer. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, and then after that, uh, I really just kind of I took some time off and. You know, of course, was doing the acting thing really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a singing group uh, when I was 15, 15 to 18, mm-hmm. uh, with Denise Williams' son, Forrest West. Uh, he, um, Denise Williams, I'm pretty sure who you, you know, uh, she's from um, uh, Let's Hear It For The Boy fame, mm-hmm. uh, from Footloose and all that, great singer. Um, and we were, me and her son were best friends, and so he was just like, I really want to start a group. Did that, we had an album. Um, we were uh, just really good, but it was just not the right time for us because we, you know, we were still in school and a lot of people wanted to finish school. Uh, we had four members, so you know, it was just one of those things that we had to make sure we were focused on the things that were necessary. And um, we eventually disbanded. And I stopped music for a while, and then I believe, wow, twenty years old was when I picked it up again, and I did it kind of not really as a joke, but kind of as a dare to myself because at mm-hmm. the time, not anymore, at the time I disliked Drake. Didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took his first album and I made a mixtape. I did a couple of songs off of him and did covers, changed the lyrics and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really oddly well received. And uh, I think we were, I was at the top of um, Tweet My, I, 
I think it's called Tweet My Song or Tweet My Mixtape. I think it's gone now, but at the time there was a social network called Tweet My Song and uh, they had like a sort of charting for, for artists that released their music on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were at the top of the, uh, I was number one for a couple of days. So um, it was it was really cool uh, to see that, you know, I made music that was well received after being gone for so long. Mm-hmm. So after that, I decided to take it seriously. Uh, my first mixtape, I, be- I believe I released it 12-12-12, so it was December 12th, 2012, mm-hmm. and uh, that was great. Um, I kind of treated every song as if, you know, it was kind of like a radio single. It's really fun, um, and uh, that one, again, uh, people people loved it, uh, people around me, which is really all I cared about. I mean, you know, yeah. not to say that I don't care about fans, but I did it, I kind of did it for me, kind of testing the waters, mm-hmm. if you will. And then my last mixtape was released um, last year in May, and that was a little bit personal. Um, I had gone through a lot of things, uh, relationship-wise, family-wise, that kind of prompted me to just kind of sit down and write. And it's the progression was very clear, you know what mm. I mean, from from mixtape one to mixtape two, and they were called the formula, by the way, uh, which I believe you can, I'm sure you can still find on the net somewhere. Um, but you know, it just. Uh, it was really kind of deep and, you know, personal. So mm. um, that released, and it was kind of like a weight off my shoulders, you know. So now uh, I get to have a little bit more fun. You know, I kind of got the bad juju out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm treating this one a little bit differently because with both of my first mixtapes, I had covers on there. So songs that other people did, and, you know, I would just change them around. This time I'm going all original stuff, so I'm working with a couple of producers. So it will be a, a technical album. Um, but I'm still releasing it free because I just don't, I don't think you should pay for my music yet. <laughs> That's yeah, just how I feel. Know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm good, but I just feel like, you know, with the amount of people that release, you know, Drake just released a free mixtape album or whatever. And if he can do it that way, then, you know, I don't want you to pay for my stuff. Not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, it will be free. I'll have, uh, my, my website back up, which is lyricsmusic.com. It's down for maintenance right now. I'm kind of redoing everything since it's a new album. New Year, all that kind of thing. We want to make sure everything's fresh. Working with great producers, great marketing team this time. So the production and everything is great. And, you know, lyrically, I feel like I'm in a different place than even last year. So should be good. You know, got some some really good radio stuff on there that I think people will catch on to Mm -hmm. uh, and take off with. So, yeah. And this one, uh, I believe... Have I said this? I don't think I've actually said this online yet or oh. at all. So yes, you got you might be exclusive. Might, right. I know. It's funny you said that before you even said that because uh-huh. I think you did something or, or posted on something mm. and it was like exclusive. Right. And you yeah, said yeah. this is exclusive. I was like, oh, I got to get some exclusive. <laughs> if he's going to spill the beans to whoever it was on this avenue, right. I was like, I'm going to get some exclusive on my podcast. All right, now go ahead. Right. So, now press play. Go right. ahead. <laughs> so the album name, uh, uh, this, yeah, this is definitely the first time I've explained mm-hmm. this. The album name will be uh, The Boy Who Lived and uh, it's a play off of uh, Harry Potter which I'm a huge fanatic over mm-hmm. um, and uh, the reason I named it that <laughs> two reasons um, the first reason being I, the original name of the album was going to be something about nothing and I said that because the things that I was writing and the songs that I was writing at the time were kind of um, about forgotten topics that people kind of chalked up to as nothing nowadays mm. you know people don't you know, sing about real love anymore, you know, things like that. So I called it something about nothing because it's me bringing up the topics of old, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a dream 
I'm just, you know, just normal sleep night. <laughs> Had a dream. And, and my grandfather, who passed away a couple of years ago, came to me in the dream and he was like, no grandson of mine is ever going to talk about nothing. You know, and I was just like, wow, that's deep. You know, and uh, he was just like, you know, you've gone through a lot and I want you to do something that's, you know, like a victory because that's that's where you're at in your life right now. You know, you deserve to, to be happy. You deserve to kind of shout at the top of the mountaintop kind of thing. You know, you're not you're not coming from behind anymore. You're you know, you're at the top of your game. Reflect that in your music this time. So, um, yeah. And I woke up and I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> um, and, and Harry Potter has just always been an influence in my life. Um, and that's really kind of where I drew it from, you know, with his story. Uh, I don't know if, you know, your podcast, <laughs> podcasters watch yeah, I know, know Harry I'm Potter. I'm not a big Harry Potter, but there <laughs> right. are some people that, that are listening that right. may you be know, Harry Potter right, fans. Right, exactly. So and they're you, like, yes, give right. me more. <laughs> so as you guys know, you know, he was, a, you know, as a baby, um, it was an attempted, you know, uh, murder you know in his life and you know and he survived that and as a baby he was marked you know with this scar and people called him the boy who lived because nobody has ever survived that you know that kind of attempt you know in their life mm-hmm. or that curse as they call it in the in the wizarding world and so um you know i kind of really love that story i really love that kind of feeling of no matter what he's always the 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 boy who lived he's always the boy who kind of made it through no matter what he's going through it's like but you survived death <laughs> you know yeah. so you can do it so uh it's it's fun that's kind of what the the album is it's it's really fun it's based off of you know me just kind of saying like i'm still here you know that kind of thing so mm-hmm. after 20 years in the business after doing music for more than 10 years you know i'm still here no matter what so that's yeah that's really kind of where i'm going with it so it. hopefully hopefully everything will be done uh by the fall and we'll have a fall release that's kind of what i'm hoping for so look out for it are you going to have like a, an event so people can... Yeah, I'm going to... I'm just thinking that because you said fall release. I don't know why, but I was thinking like I was going to show up to something. <laughs> I get to dress um, up nice and, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure once it releases, I'll have, you know, a, a night, you know, a, where, a, party. A, a release party, listening party kind of thing. Um, you know, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll premiere one of the first songs on here, you know, maybe when it comes out. We oh, never know. oh, we'll <laughs> so, come back and have a song. Okay. Right, so... Um, that is kind of where, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking to, to release it around the fall. So I'll definitely let you guys know if there's some kind of event that we can all uh, okay. well, periscope we'll, from. Yes, we'll periscope from it. Right. Trust and believe I will have my phone. I will be periscoping live and I'll make sure I look fly because I don't really get done up and dressed up. Right, right. Be going out. So, but I will. We'll stay we'll tuned, everybody. We'll we'll this it. will happen. All exactly. these, you know, you got to keep following and keep watching right, and listening. Right, right. So, um, yeah. So now you got a web series we're working on, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And a film mm-hmm. and music. Uh-huh. And now, just because you're bored and you're not really doing anything, because <laughs> right. that's really not much at all. You know, not. not really. You're like, oh, you know what? Let's throw in a book in there. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to just right. add something on top. So what is this book? Um, I, <laughs> I, it's, it's a relationship book, mm-hmm. um, which I am no expert, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and that's kind of one of the things that I realized with writing it. It's like, you know, I think people feel like when you write a book about a certain topic that you have to be the foremost expert on. Yeah, you're a doctor. Right, you you know, and... Yeah, qualified. And I don't think so. I think most of the books that I hold dear to my heart are books about experiences. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not really someone telling me all they can about a certain subject. It's, It's those books where people say, I went through this. This is what I went through. 
you know, this is how you can get out of it or I hope you don't go through this. Those are the books that I love, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I decided to do that. Um, it's tentatively titled right now, How to Not Suck at Being a Boyfriend. Uh, and, um, I like that. And, um, you know, I just really wanted to make something that's just relatable and, you know, really just giving as much of my experience as possible to it and something fun and lighthearted that guys can pick up. And, you know, it's not something that they look to read in times of, like, trouble. You know, I want them to pick it up and just say, you know, I wonder what this is about. Or I wonder how I can put this in my in my dating life. Even. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't you don't have to be totally in a relationship. Um, you know, I go through the dating phase. I go through, you know, love, life, sex, you know, all of that cover across the board mm -hmm. as much as I can just from my you know experiences. So, um, yeah, I just wanted something to, to, to really touch on the, the subject, because I think that right now the state of what I see relationships and how people view relationships is just so skewed and so far from what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Um, and my vision has changed over the years. And I think that that's really important to know that as you get older, things start changing and things are so much different from when you're 18 to 21 to 25 to 30, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, and we don't really think that those years are that far apart when we're going through it, but it's like, but so much can happen, you know, so much can happen. Your views can change and your morals and values and standards, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really what it is. And uh, it's chaptered out and, you know, in sections of, you know, so you can skip right to what you want to get to. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I don't just ramble on. It's not a novel. So, you know, um, I just want to make it really easy, you know, for guys to pick it. Because I, I feel like guys don't really read about relationships anymore. Mm -hmm. We're not really searching. We're not looking at articles or anything like that on, you know, how to become better. And I think that if, if I can make something or write something that allows guys to pick it up and say, okay, cool, you know, then I've done my job. So that's... I will say, you'll probably still get a lot of women. I'm sure. That are going to pick it up. They're going to pick it up. They're trying to look at the secrets. No, they'll put a little, like, buy his bed or something and say, right. you need to read this. See, and this is how we're, and this is, this is again, first time that anybody's knowing this. So you got, you got the exclusive. What we're doing is something a little different. I don't know All if you right. remember those books as a kid where you would have a certain uh, book on one side and then you flip it over and it's a completely oh, different book. Oh, yeah. So I have a partner that is writing How to Not Suck at Being a Girlfriend Ooh. and we're going to have it attached and you're going to be able to flip it over. So both parties, guys and girls, you're going to be mm -hmm. able to see both sides of the coin. So that's that smart. is, uh, that's, that's, that's smart. what we're about to market it as. So, yeah. Because some girls can suck, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Being it's, a girlfriend, it's and not some, all guys. Yeah, it's not it's all not. guys, and it's not all girls. And that's the thing is that I think I think that's probably the first line in my prologue is that nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Guys and girls, we have issues, especially nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of is what the approach that we're taking. You know, it's mm -hmm. not we're not blaming anybody. We're not pointing any fingers. Mm -hmm. We're just letting you know that. Okay, in our experience, this is what's helped us. So mm -hmm. maybe it can help you too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's it's like, this might be helpful for you. Simple as that. Just throwing out my friendly right. advice. Not right. my doctrine advice. Exactly. You know, not my master's advice right. in relationships. Just one person live into another person. Maybe right. that would help you out. So uh, this is a relationship book. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going, since you've had a, say it's a relationship book, uh, mm -hmm. who's in your relationship? Is someone in your no, no, nobody. I'm, I'm a, I've been single for a couple of months now. Mm -hmm. uh, I got out of a like nine month relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I'm just kind of taking time, and it's crazy because as soon as I exited that relationship, I um, started really working hard and 
focusing, mm. you know, and everything just just took off. So I just that's really when I'm taking the time, just mm-hmm. focus on myself and work hard, put my head down, um, just being better. And um, I realized in that relationship that I just didn't, I didn't uh, trying to find the word. I didn't really perform to the best of my ability, if mm-hmm. you will. So. Um, and I think that that's really kind of what I'm looking at, you know, kind of getting out in this book is saying that, you know, even when you don't perform to the best of your ability, there's still things that not only you can do, but your partner can do better and your partner can help you get there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, um, but yeah, right now I'm single. I'm just taking it easy, you know, whatever, you know, I'm single. Hey, <laughs> I'm, single. I'm single, y'all. <laughs> so, that's uh, like, you never know. Right. You never, you never know, know what medium because right know. now it's like a internet, you know, it's, it's the, kind of thing. It's the but technology I've met age. two of them before. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I say, you know, and at the end of the day, they were nice. Yeah. You know, granted, I, you know, we weren't kicking it, hanging right, out like right, right, BFFs right. or anything. Or I'm like, or are we? No. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what are you going to say about my friend? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes people just aren't meant to be together. Yeah. And you're just not. And sometimes it's just not the right time. Time, You know, yeah. you have people mm-hmm. that, I, I know people that have come together, that have went out two years, broke it off, come together five years later, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden now that's everything's perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. So you just never know, and I just I just always know that with me, and this is personally, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go for everybody, I just know when when things aren't going to work. You know, I, I it, for me, it's just, that's that's one thing that I've been blessed with, where I know that if I stay in this, it's going to get worse. So I always tend to just, as soon as that, that red light hits, I'm just like, gotta, gotta end it, Jesus. gotta go. Like I'm out. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that, that, yeah, right now I'm probably going to be single for a while, but, you know, who knows? It is what we'll it see. is. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously you do believe that it is possible to have a good relationship and be in this business. Definitely. Almost mm-hmm. definitely. I think that people kind of get really scared about it, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, oh, he's an actor. Or, you know, even with me, I've dated singers, dancers, actresses. So it's like, you know, you kind of have this preconceived notion about how people are. But, you know, in, in turn, they can be completely different. I, I can't tell you how many people met me and be like, oh, you're totally different than I expected. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, with that being said, if you go through life like that, just looking for friends, it has to be the same way for relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if somebody can change your mind about themselves when it comes to just friendships, when you go into a relationship, you have to take the same approach. And so I don't have any kind of judgment or anything like that before I get into a relationship because you just never know, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not difficult, you know, as long as it's just communication. Communicate. This is how I live my life. I see this is how you live yours. Let's meet in the middle. Or not. Or if you want to change it, if you feel like mm-hmm. it's going to be better, it's going to better you as a person to come 80% rather than 50 do that. I'm going to help you. Do, but we have to communicate. That's the biggest thing. Just mm-hmm. let me know what you need in order to be happy. And I'm going to let you know what I need. And so from that point on, we can somehow compromise. You know Got what I'm saying? It. So mm-hmm. that's it. Would you sign up for a dating site? What's, I, I just mm-hmm. want somebody I know to sign up <laughs> for Tinder. I want to swipe left and right. So if you have that on your phone, I please don't. let me swipe left I and don't. right. I don't. Um, but would you do it? Do you believe in those kind of sites? I, I, I'm not against them. Mm. I think that I they mean, definitely. For you, would you right. ever do it? See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I'm a very, I'm very hands on. I'm very, you know, <laughs> not like that. Touchy feely, everybody. Touchy I feel like I'm just. I. I, I I'm kind of old school, so I'm very much like a like let's meet, you know, and you know, really talk. So it's like with Tinder, how it how you establish your connection, you know, where it's not really a connection, 
it's kind of just not how I'm used to doing things. But does it work for people? Most certainly it does. I mm-hmm. know plenty of people who have started their relationships online. So I, I'm definitely not against it. It just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What about your worst date? <laughs> I was like, I know you. <laughs> I always love everyone's reaction Ooh. every time I say that. It's like, oh, shit. Man, uh, it's either like you have so many, or you remember see, that one okay. particular see, person. See, they're they're two. They're probably two different. Worst date for me, or worst date for the other person? Because I have ones that I messed up. Royally. Oh, so you were the worst date? Yeah, I was part of the worst. Part. I love that. That's and, the first ever. Another first see, on my podcast. I, I, I'm honest. I'm, I'm an honest guy. Be honest. I'm an honest were you dude. the first person that was bad on a date? So, mm-hmm. and then I have ones that obviously were bad. You know, for me. Mm-hmm. Um. My worst, oh man, I, there was this girl that I, I saw, wanted to date, and we went out, and I think I was just, uh, I was like a bumbling fool, like, I I couldn't talk straight, like, I was just all over the place, mm. and I was nervous, and it got to the point where she even, like, hinted on it, she was like, are you cool, you're like, you're alright, I'm just like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just one of those dates where I just felt like, I was just like, man, this sucks. Like, she's gonna, she can't wait to get out of here. But she, I mean, we ended up actually, you know, seeing each other for a while. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what worked, you know, fine. But um, for me, ugh, I just hate non-talkers, like, or kind of standoffish, you know, or whatever. Like, for me, like, take down the the wall, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, I'm a big person that I hate people who think trust is earned. I think I think trust is given a hundred percent at first, and then it's taken down, and so I treat my dates and relationships that way. So when I go on a date, I'm an open book. I'm mm-hmm. you know transparent, whatever. I'm the goofiest, you know, most awkward. You're gonna see me. The first date, that's the goofiest you're gonna see me because for me, I'm like I want to go to the extreme. So you, you know, know. <laughs> so you know what you're getting right. into. What you getting into before we go on right. date two you or three. So. So for me, I just don't like girls who have that kind of wall up, that feel like they need to be a certain way on the date, and then you're just sitting there and you're wondering, like, okay, now, you know, if I want to go watch Lion King when we get home, are you going to be okay with that? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, you know, those kind of dates, and I've had a couple of those where it's just like pulling teeth, and I'm just checking my watch, and like, you know, so, (laughs) right, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, I haven't had any, like, crazy bad stories, so I'm thankful Mm -hmm. But it's really just those that just get under my skin. I'm just like, uh, I just want somebody to just like go to the park and play water balloons with or something. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, whatever. But um, yeah, not too bad. That's good. Good. Now, I know we didn't even talk about that. Well, I hinted or well, talked about the very beginning saying mm-hmm. your credits and all that. Mm-hmm. But just going back up to it with the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. And what was, you know, your experience in working with that show? Because you were there for a while. Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was like a, another family. It, oddly enough, I remember everything about those years. Um, I was I was three. It was three and a half to five years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, after like six to like twelve, if you ask me anything about, it, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember a thing. <laughs> but um, those are so fresh in my head just because they're so vivid memories and just great times in my life that mm-hmm. I, it's just impossible to forget. Great experience. Great family. I consider those people my family. Um, I wish I could still keep in touch with them as much as possible. Everybody's scattered all over the United States mm-hmm. right now. So, um, but it was just great. I, the things that I learned from Bill are just invaluable. Um, and, uh, 
you know, when you get to the certain point that you realize what you did, you know what I mean? Because that show is so iconic, mm-hmm. you know, and back then I didn't really realize that it was just a show. And then, you know, even in my teenage years, but as an adult to hear people always say, you know, oh, I think the best sitcom ever was Cosby Show, or oh, I want mm-hmm. another show like the Cosby Show, and to realize that you were a part of that is just is awesome to think about. So. And it's interesting you said that, because if you're listening to the podcast, this is the podcast previous one, uh, and he says that that's his favorite show. Nice. <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, everyone listening to this podcast, stay tuned next week, <laughs> and you'll see I have someone that's actually been on the Cosby Show, and he said that was one of his reasons why he wanted to get into writing. Wow. And now he's writing and he's directing and also acting. That's awesome. But that was the family dynamic mm-hmm. that he wanted to emulate. He wants to tell those kind of stories. Yeah. And especially, you know, the strong black woman. Right. And it's, I was shocking because, like I said, this is coming from a man that's telling me, I'm like, you mm-hmm. want to write about strong black women? Of course. And he said, because mainly it's women that say, I want to empower women. Right. But because of her mm-hmm. and because of the Cosby show, mm-hmm. he wants to tell these stories. And I'm like, man, this is beautiful. Yeah. And it's interesting that now you're like, oh, now as an adult, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's crazy, too, to uh, that show's influence. But it's even more crazy to feel its absence. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that. I think that was what really hit people. It's like, we knew it was influential even when it was out. But then, mm-hmm. but then you know, now that we have nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, we really miss that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays, the, the, the strong black woman is vindictive or conniving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they view that as strong. You know, and nothing against shows like Scandal or, um, or even Empire. But, you know, when you break those characters down, they're, they, aren't, they aren't good people. You know? And so you have those are our black, you know, leads or black female leads. But they're not really setting a great example. And, you know, you have somebody like Felicia Rashad playing, you know, Claire Huxtable, where it was, there was nothing bad that you could say about that woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and there were real housewives wanting to be like her mm-hmm. and, and wanting their family to be like theirs. And I think we don't have that now. You know, it, if somebody's trying to be like Olivia Pope, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it's, That's, like, it's true that you, you said know, that because, you know, that it really is true. Yeah. You know, there are no female leads that are, you know, that I know offhand that aren't have this huge flaw. You can't look up to. Mm-hmm. I love There's scandal. No role models. Right. I love scandal. Right. Don't get me wrong. Right. I love Kerry Washington. Right. But I'm not going to say, man, I aspire to be her right. in that. You're not going to you're not going to tell life. your daughter that. You know no. what I'm saying? So it's like when I look at that and look at how we missed Cosby show because of that, you know, and every character was almost mm-hmm. somebody that you could. You could say, I want to be like that. I mean, even their characters who they, they considered, quote unquote, bums, or, you know, Eric Alexander's character, or even Bud, you know, they were still, at the end of the day, they were still people that you related to and that you said, you know what, that's not a bad person. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm looking at now is in Empire, you know, we have this huge cast of black leads, and not one of these people is a good person at mm-hmm. heart. You know, and it's just crazy. That we have, you know, and we kind of revere these kind of shows. And I think Empire Now is, what, number one on on, on its time awesome. slot or mm-hmm. something? You know, and it's like, we have that. But yet, a couple years ago, I want to say maybe 2004 or 2005, um, we had Boris Kojo and Gugu, uh, Gugu Raw 
um, play leads on, in a spy show called Undercovers. I remember Lasted that. Lasted all of six episodes. Yeah, it was six episodes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they were they you know they were spies and it was great and they had they were a family. You know they both were prominent. They owned a business and they were spies. Show lasted six episodes, but when you have, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, t- uh, oh, Terrence, Terrence Howard, Howard. who's his character, Lucius Lucius Lyon. Uh, let's not even talk about his name. I'm like the, the name, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, conniving murderer. You know what I'm saying? But this mm-hmm. is the show that we watch. This yeah. is the show that is number one now, and it sucks. Uh, it really does suck. But I mean. I don't, I don't knock the shows for what they're doing because they're making money, and it, ultimately that's what they want is they want to entertain people, and that's what they're doing. So, but for me, as a writer and as an actor, I, I just choose I, to not be involved with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I want, I want to to think progressively. I want to get to the point where we are seeing the the Cosby shows come back, or you know, shows where we were kind of viewed at in a, in a positive way. You know. Now, do you feel like, you know, the huge scandal that's going on with Bill Cosby right mm-hmm. now, do you think that that's taking away and tainting the essence of what the show is? Um, no. Or do you think it's held, like, as a separate... No, I, I, think, that it's, I think that it's still there. I, mm-hmm. I think nobody can really deny, you know, the impact of the Cosby show, no matter what happens. I mean, you, you have, that's it, like, you know, with the Tom Brady scandal with the Super Bowl and, you know, deflate gate. That's like people saying, well, the Patriots aren't, you know, a good NFL team anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Did it suck? You know, does it, is it kind of tarnish their name a bit for the time being? Of course. But can you deny the impact of this team or this show? Not at all. So I, I think that it tarnishes his name, you know, mm-hmm. maybe his credibility, but um, the show is going to forever remain cemented, you know, in, in iconicness. So I think that it doesn't really touch it uh, at all. Now, what are your thoughts? Even though you were still young on the show, mm-hmm. you know, so obviously your interaction and, you know, encounter with him dealing with these different cases and situations, right. you know, is a little different. Right. But do you think knowing him that this is true, that these allegations that everyone's saying? You know, I, I'll be completely candid with you. I don't think... Do I think that maybe in the 70s where everybody was slipping everybody a pill or two in a drink, did he do that and, you know, get frisky with someone? Sure. Who didn't back then? You know, 80s, whatever, 90s even. Fine. Um, Do I think that 73 women or however many it is now were were saying that he was inappropriate with them? Absolutely not. Um... The person that I knew, uh, and even, you know, I, I didn't only see him at five years old. I've definitely That's talked to him periodically yeah, after. Been, yeah. The person that I know is just not that person. And, you know, people are really quick to say, well, you don't know, and, you know, what's going on behind doors. I mean, but then it's like saying, okay, well, then could your dad be that person, or could your mom, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, I, I, I'm, I'm a realist, and I say, you know, did, did one or two cases happen? I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, and, but again, you know, if if we want to hold him up and crucify him for it, we got to look at the long list of line of stars in his his era that probably did way worse. You know what I'm saying? So I think that for that, he's getting an unjust case um, and, and, and really kind of this sort of exaggeration on him because he was, you know, quote unquote, America's dad and all that kind of thing. Uh, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But again, at the end of the day, because those one or two cases that I do believe happen, 
he did put himself in that position, you know, and as a man, you just have to kind of take, you know, you got to roll with the punches. And I think that's what he's doing now. I think he's handling it beautifully. Um, you know, I don't know how I would have handled something like that. You know, it's, you know, 60 plus women saying that I raped them, you know, um, and for his family to go through that. And after I've already going through so much, you know what I mean? And so, um, in the Cosby show family as a whole, you know, we, we kind of really take that family seriously and to have, you know, people say that the name mm-hmm. of the Cosby show could be tainted, um, is even, you know, beyond us right now. But, um, again, like I said, did he put himself in that position? Sure. Do I think everything that he's getting right now is deserved? Absolutely not. So do you think, you know, you said one or two cases? Yeah. Okay. It probably happened. But I think you said it's up to 70 now? It's, yeah. It's some, I knew, I know last time I checked was a couple months ago, like, and I mean like nine to 10 months ago, it was <sighs> 60 something. So I'm pretty sure it's around 70 now. It's a, like five women come forward every like couple months. So it's just like, come on. It's ridiculous. And people, people are talking and they say, well, it takes a lot for, you know, rape victims to talk and not taking anything away from it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find it hard to believe that with somebody as prominent as him, nobody was a whistleblower. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of what we have to look at. Um, because if it was anybody else, people would be like, oh, no. You know what I'm saying? But black man, Bill Cosby, America's dad, it's so easy to put this pin in the media to spin it and have this huge story. So that's, I think, why we've gotten to the point that we've gotten to with this whole case. But, um, yeah, I feel like if it was anybody else, we'd be pushed under the rug. I mean, we've, we've had serial killers and serial rapists where they're in the news for a week, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, the trial's done. Okay, cool, bye. But now Bill Cosby, with speculation, I mean, these none of these are even proven. Because it's been so many years apart. Right. Now we have this case that I literally, I feel like I've, we've heard it in the media for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I think it's I think it's ridiculous, but so do you think that some well the majority of these women do you think they're just making it up or why think, do you think they're making it up? I think that I think that the first few I think like I said I think the first few did have contact with him. I think that upon seeing upon getting the courage to come forth and say you know he slipped me something we had you know we had sex now see for me. I just feel like the era that this most of the cases happen, and I have read up on the cases, and mm-hmm. most of them were said to happen in the late 70s to early 90s, in that kind of decade. And I think at that time, like I said, I feel like that's how people partied. You know what I'm saying? People party hard now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been to parties where I'm looking, and I mean, people who just met each other, they're slipping each other things, and you know what I'm like? That's how mm-hmm. it goes. Mm-hmm. And so... Back then, where drugs were just hot on the scene, you know, we're just getting coke, we're just getting ecstasy and all these kind of things. So it's like now people, I think, forget that, you know what I mean? Forget that that's how it was a social event back then. You know what I mean? That that was very common. And I think that, you know, these women, you know, uh, had consensual sex. And I think that they feel that because they were slipped something and and, and, I, and I don't deny that they were slipped something against their will. You know, I, I, I'm, I completely probably agree with that. But because they feel like they were slipped something, I feel like they feel the need to say that they were raped. And even if they were in their right mind, you know, while everything was going down. But again, and that's to, like I said, those first few women, I believe, it, yeah, sure. But... After the, you know, everything starts coming out and I think that now it's 
oh, I did meet Bill Cosby at this one fashion show. Mm-hmm. Let me, you know, come out. I, I think he touched me too, yeah, you know. me too. And, right, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what we're looking at now. I mean, there's people that, I believe one journalist said that Bill Cosby literally came into contact with her for about 15 seconds. And she's saying that he groped her. And, you know, and it's like, that's that's where we're at now. You know, so... Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, it's like 15 seconds. Oh, that I'm right. pregnant. That's it. That's it right there. So, I'm having his baby. Right. But <laughs> that uh, yeah, it's just, again, you get put in that position. That's kind of what you have to expect. So mm-hmm. I wish him the best, though, because it's it's just messy right now. And I just wish he, it could go away for him because I, I know that he wants to be past it, especially something that happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, if if he's at fault for those, do I feel like he should be? in some way held accountable of course you know Mm -hmm. um but do i do i believe that he deserves everything that's going on now yeah i think it's it's sad on both parts Mm -hmm. you know because like you said his family is going through it you know you the cosby family is going through it you know and also with all the shows being pulled too yeah pulled from networks it was pulled straight from networks and you know and see and see what i really get upset with is you have Someone like Ray Rice, and again, I'll be really candid on here. Be candid. Uh, Let's be real. Uh, you have somebody like Ray Rice where as long as you're beating your black wife or your black girlfriend, everything's fine. As long as you mm. rape her, everything's fine. As long as you hit her, everything's okay. You'll get off scot-free. But the moment you touch someone that's not of you know, a minority color, then we have the issue. You know, Ray Rice just got off for on camera. On camera. Now, we're not talking about speculation or anything. His girlfriend called the police. And he's on camera. And he's on camera. (laughs) On camera. And he got off scot-free. You know, and uh, and Chris Brown, bless his heart, uh, keeps getting into trouble. Um, He needs some Jesus. For the most part, gets off scot-free mm-hmm. you know uh sure he's had to do some community service i think he served maybe what 10 days in jail but let's be real if rihanna was taylor swift instead mm-hmm. we'd have a different issue and i think that that's where we have the problem with bill is that he did not only slip a, a, a mickey to you know the black models of the 70s it was you know, some white names thrown in there and it's some, you know, right. You know, so that's where we have the issue because I guarantee you if it wasn't that, you know, that way that we wouldn't hear about this, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was really upset about the Ray Rice verdict because I, I very much don't condone, um, domestic violence in any way, shape or form. And that includes women hitting men, which is a growing problem Mm -hmm. that I feel like, you know, people don't really talk about, but, um, I think that it's just disgusting the fact that it's almost dismissed as long as it's in as long as we're killing hurting each other mm. you know we're good you know we don't have to go to jail you know but the moment that we are threatening to another race then that's where everybody sorts you know sort of draws the line so <laughs> now when do you think that that's going to change or is that something that will just have to happen in time again <laughs> you know it's like i almost feel like there has to be Something major that happens for someone to have a shift of consciousness. It changes. And I get so much flack for talking about this that that I've stopped talking about this. It starts with us because we got so comfortable in our quote-unquote blackness 
and we were saying, well, the world has to accept our blackness because that's who we are and we're black and, you know, we're supposed to act however we want to mm. and that's cool. That's not, that's not how the world works. It's just not because, you know, the Tamir Rice's and the Trayvon Martins and everything, they were singled out because they looked threatening. You know what I'm saying? And people will say, oh, Tamir Rice, not threatening. But, you know, the police said, I thought he was reaching for a gun. Why is that stipulation even put on us? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to think about. Because people, most black people are looking at the surface and they're saying, but Tamir Rice, he's 12 years old. He's sitting in the park and he's drinking a soda. How could he be threatening? But you have to understand is that it's not his physical appearance. It's about what he stands for that's threatening. It's about what he is as a whole, as an idea that's threatening. So... If we don't change people's idea of us, it's going to be there. It's always going to be there. And I tell people all the time, I'm not one to say that we should shed who we are. Definitely mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Definitely not. But when it comes down to it, if you go to a 7-Eleven, say, you know, say I had a son or a daughter even, and I'm taking my kids to 7-Eleven. It's late, um, midnight. We're just going to get a Slurpee. I get out the car. And there's three guys in hooded, you know, uh, hooded sweatshirts hanging outside the 7-Eleven. Am I looking to see what color they are first? Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that image is threatening. Now, as a whole, percentage-wise, who has that idea, look, slash, aura about them? Our community. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, yes, there are white guys who dress like that, Hispanics who dress like that. But who is it associated with? Us. Who did that? We did. We made it cool. We made it cool to be the thugs. We made it cool to be the rebels. We made it cool to be those people. So now that we have that label put on us and people are looking at it like, okay, that's what you want to be. That's what's cool to you. And now we're getting singled out for that. Now it's a problem for us. No, no, no. We did this. We had a group called Niggas With Attitude. And was the top selling group and was rebels and we thought it was cool back then. And now that we're getting singled out for being those people, now we have a problem. But I say, no, every community has had their rebels and it has had their, you know, fair share of the other side. Mm -hmm. But us, we are as a, as a minority group, we have the lowest percentage of people who are on the other side of the coin. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to being... Uh, 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 I'm trying to think. I don't want to say model citizens because that just sounds so bad. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? And and I just feel like if we really took it upon ourselves to say, let's make sure this is 50-50. We don't have to shed that image because, like I said, every community has their rebels. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, white people have Marilyn Manson. You know what I'm saying? They have theirs. Mm -hmm. But they also have their fair share of the other side of the coin. And I think that our fair share of the other side of the coin still has that image. Who do we look up to? I look up to Jay-Z. He's one of my favorite rappers. I think probably top five greatest businessmen to ever live. You know what I'm saying? As far as where they came from to where they are now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you look at his business model and say he started out with $10 in his pocket and now he's got a couple of hundred million, million. you know... That's a great businessman. So I look up to that. But at his core, 
he's still a dude from Marcy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when we look at it that way and say, dang, even our role models on the other side of the coin are still look like they're from that side, you know, and that's crazy to think about. But we're so caught up in, well, Black Lives Matter and we should be looked at this way. We have to change that. We have to change that or it's not going to move. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We can't stand there and say, just accept us, accept us, accept us. Because we don't accept other cultures. You know what I'm saying? When, Like I said, that's why I use that, that analogy all the time. When you pull up and you see these hooded figures, you don't say, if he's black, he's all right. You don't. Mm-hmm. You're going to clutch your purse. You're going to clutch your child. If he looks threatening, it's threatening across the board. So we have to understand that we can't have that image just because we're black. Just because we made it look cool. You know what I'm saying? Just because now two chains and whoever the case may be is walking around at award shows looking like that. That doesn't mean that we should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we have to get that back in our heads that we also have to be upstanding citizens. We also have to do our part to make the world a better place. And not just on the art side. Not just entertainment. Because I think that's also what we're thinking is, well, that's our area. You know what I'm saying? Our area is art and entertainment. We got this locked down, and since we made this look cool, now we can do whatever we want. But really, in the in, in the big scheme of things, we have to be in the areas that other cultures and other communities are in as well to be respected that way. I'm not going to respect you if if you look threatening to me. I'm not going to respect you. You're a threat. Mm-hmm. Period. Cross cross the board. So I think that we have to get in our minds, our back in our minds, you know, that way. And, and I think that right now we're we're starting to slowly get it. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a lot of movies like, like Black Lives Matter where they're saying, okay, look, we have non-threatening people. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that the, this is the people we represent. You know, I think that that movement is really good at pushing that forward. But we have to have people that's behind it. We have to have the young people understand that, you know, really pushing for how you want to be in this life and how you want to be perceived is very important. You know what I'm saying? It's very important. And when it comes down to it, how would you want your kids to perceive you or perceive someone that, you know, you want them to look up to? Mm -hmm. You know, I looked up to Michael Jackson, you know, you know, when I when I was younger, I looked up to, you know, Denzel, you know what I'm saying? So it's like those characters now. Now, what do we have? You know, are our children watching Empire? You know, looking, you know, saying watching Lucius Lyon cross Mm -hmm. over everybody, backstab everybody, kill people. You know what I'm saying? When we start having our media, which is the area that we made look good, and now it only shows us in a negative light, what do we expect? That's what that's what these cultures are looking at us as. You know, Empire number one show in America, I guarantee you at least, what, 50 million viewers every week? At least 30 of them are Caucasian. Yeah. I can't, I, I don't know one person that's not of color that said they hate that show. That's true. But that's our, that's their view, though. That's what they know mm-hmm. of us. Because those people, out of the 30 million, I guarantee you maybe 5 million, don't really have a lot of black friends. And then those 5 million people are now going off of what they're watching. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's what that community looks like? Because that's what I do. When If, if I, uh, I mean, maybe 10 years ago before I went to college, I didn't really have many Middle Eastern friends. All I had to go off of was in the media. I thought everybody was like that. You know, I yeah. thought everybody was selling Slurpees and had a turban and, you know, <laughs> all a that. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Until I went to college 
you know, out here in the San Fernando Valley, and there's a huge Persian community, huge Middle Eastern community, and they taught me, you know, and they, they shed that image of them to me, but they did that. I didn't watch TV and, and then change my mind all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They had to do it, and that's what I'm saying. Us as a community, we have to change other people's mind. We can't let the media and all this do it because it's, it's going in the opposite direction. So that's really my stance on it. But, you know, until we really look at our media and how we're being perceived in there, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. And then I think that this, my generation is too lazy. Mm-hmm. I think the late, I think the generation coming up, they're really, you know, forward thinking and they're really pushing hard for this because I think they're affected more. They're in school, they're in high school, you know what I'm saying? And they're going through a lot because now there's, you know, police checks, you know, and stuff at their schools. They're going through it. My generation, we're working already. We're in the workforce. We're in the world. We get to just sit back and complain. And that's why I feel like our generation is not going to do anything. It's going to be the next generation because they have to in order to live right. You know what I mean? They have to see some sort of change in order for them to be like, all right, cool. Now I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, they're uncomfortable right now. You know, you look at people in Detroit and Baltimore. These kids are going to school under full police escort. Some not are, weren't even able to go to school for a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Everything's shut down. They are going to be the ones to say, uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? But my generation, when we're sitting mm. back watching the news, we don't have to do anything. <laughs> so It's true. Yeah. But it's it seems like, you know, you have to shift, obviously, what we were saying, too, about the media. Mm-hmm. These shows, and people who live in middle America, because I've met certain people who didn't know, you know, about any culture outside of white America. Right. Because there are a lot of states that are still white. Yeah. Of course. Pre- predominantly white. Mm-hmm. So when they come to California, they're thrown off. Oh my gosh, it's Milton a pot. Like, a gay man. I don't even know what a gay man right. is. Gay yeah. woman. Oh my like they got bumped by someone who actually told them, you know, oh excuse me. Mm-hmm. And they just freaked out. And I yeah. was like, no, they said excuse me. Yeah. They were just shifting around the restaurant. Right, right. right. Just changing the sheet. <laughs> this, right. It's okay. Right. But they're so sheltered. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much that has to be changed, you know, because like you were saying with the media, with the shows. Mm-hmm. So people who are listening and people who are watching watching and for anyone that's having this discussion you know make that change mm-hmm. make a conscious decision to say i want to do better work right and even if you're not in the business i want to do better with my people and my community and yeah. whatever it is your profession is you know it's crazy as i had somebody on twitter um this is when the trayvon martin thing happened and i was very vocal at the time because i didn't know any better uh, and now i just kind of stay off of it because people just are ignorant um when that happened, I, uh, I said, I, I, I think I tweeted, I think my exact tweet was, what did we expect? And I got so much flack. I mean, my mentions were on fire. And people were calling me a victim blamer and, you know, uh, you know a sellout, an Uncle Tom and this and that. And I said, I said, well, the thing is, is that are you going to tell your child to aspire to be a rapper? You know, are you going to tell him to aspire to be, you know, just a normal guy? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No, you're going to tell him to go, go to the top. What, what's the, what, what, is, what do we think is the top position, President of the United States? Okay? Mm-hmm. And now we have an example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think our biggest example before Barack was, what, Colin Powell? Yeah, Colin Powell. You know what Powell. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Condoleezza. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So we want you to get there eventually. You know what I'm saying? So I told people, I'm saying, all I'm saying is, why don't we want better? 
Why are we so focused on saying it's okay for us to look this way or act this way or talk this way and be this way because that's just who he is? Why? You know what I'm saying? I want my kid to act. When I look at respect across the board, I respect someone because of their actions. I don't respect mm-hmm. someone off of how they look, yeah. you know, skin-wise. You know, of course, dressing. And, I, and, and that was another analogy I said. I said, if you go on a date, are you going to go in your pajamas or are you going to look your best? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every day we should, be we should be aspiring to look our best, do our best, be our best. And so once we get into the mode of just let us be, Why? What are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Why are you so concerned with how, uh, you know, how people are saying, well, we should look a certain way. We should. Because if you if you're now a head of a company and a white guy came in in a hoodie and jeans, baggy jeans and expected to get a job, you turn him away. Mm hmm. But if he came in a nice tee, a nice button up or, you know, some slacks, maybe even some nice jeans, you would think twice. Mm hmm. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should be whitewashed. I'm not saying. I'm saying this goes across the board for all races, all ethnicities. We have become cool with not having standards. We have become cool with not living up to other people's standards. Because we're black and we've been oppressed and yada, yada, yada. Today is today. (laughs) Yeah. Today is today. And as much as we want to complain and as much as we want to get our 40 acres in a mule it's not coming so we have to make do with what we have today and if we can do that then we can have the piece of the pie that we want but we're not working towards you know what i'm saying as a matter of fact the reason i love jay-z so much is because he preaches that he said i knew i had to get up out the jersey and and the baggy jeans Mm -hmm. I started wearing my button-ups and everything i hit 30 and i said what am i doing still looking like this One of my favorite uh, rap lines from him is um, he says, we don't we're not in the projects all day. Uh, We're not in the projects all day. Talk about how we be in the projects all day. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that just goes to show. And I'm saying to other people, I'm like, if we have these examples of people who came from nothing and decided, well, I think I want to be something and still didn't lose themselves. Jay-Z didn't lose his blackness. Barack Mm -hmm. didn't lose his blackness. You know what I'm saying? But they're in those positions. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just aspire to do that? You know what I'm saying? Beyonce didn't lose her blackness. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? She's still her, yeah, yeah, she's she's still still her. but you can carry yourself. You Kanye didn't lose his blackness. He can still he's still crazy. <laughs> and, and and that's what I'm telling people. I'm like, you can still be a rebel. Kanye is probably the biggest rebel we have right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't conform to any part of society. But yet he says. I'm still, I'm not that dude from the South Side anymore. Me and Kanye from the same place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the fact is, is that even people back home hate him. Because, they, oh, he's not, he said, why do you still want him to act and, and talk and be like he from here? Why? Why? Yeah, what's the purpose? You can love home, which he does. Has plenty of businesses there. Has plenty of foundations in Chicago. It's always there. That's all you need from him. He's giving back to his community. But why do you still want him to act like he's 18? Running the streets, on the corner, you know, at Harold's Chicken. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm grown. You know, you grown. We all grown. Let's act like it. <laughs> you know? Very true. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Just act like it. Act like you want to be something other than what you've always been. You know what I'm saying? Continue to progress. That's all I do. I say stay happy, stay progressing. 
That's it. That's the model for life. And if you can do that, then you're good. But the moment you start to get comfortable and want people to just accept you, I don't want people to just accept me. Mm-hmm. I want people to continuously be uncomfortable about about me and where I'm going. I want people to be threatened like, dang, okay, he moving forward. Wait, we got to we we gotta gotta figure up. out where he's going. Gonna... What is going on? Because that's what all the great trailblazers did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? White, black, uh, Asian, everybody did it that way. You know what I'm saying? Bill Gates didn't conform. Why am I? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When people, when he started out and he, he made the first computer and the people was like, what is that? He said, okay, cool. You know, check mm-hmm. it out. Okay, I'm keep Quit working school. on it. Steven Spielberg didn't conform. He was he was breaking into movie sets. Dropped out of high school. You know what I'm saying? You can be a rebel, but you still can be an upstanding citizen at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Don't let people's view of you hold you back. Because that's what we're doing right now. And we're okay with it. And we're cool. We, we've gotten so used to complaining, we need it. You know what mm. I'm saying? So we've had this hit bad history of us being able to sit back and say, well, we got this done to us, so we don't have to hold ourselves up to society and it's just transferred itself it's just it just keeps going and like Kanye says new slaves we cool with buying every you know, and that's the thing is we uh we're talking about excuse me um mm-hmm. we're talking about um how we don't want to be a part of this society but yet we still on Black Friday everybody going to be online buying up stuff and, and you know we still going to be in the mall memorial day weekend sales and all that and then you gonna you want to go back to rioting? No, you just gave them money. You gotta be on one side or the other. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that kind of bothers me about our community right now is we're so wishy washy. You know what I'm saying? We wanna we wanna be activists and we wanna do this, but we only wanna do it because it's cool right now. It's cool and convenient. Mm-hmm. It's cool and convenient. Yeah, so I'm hoping that a lot of people got a lot more out of this podcast. Sorry. So you got a lesson. <laughs> I'm getting to talking. Sorry. I know. We got a lesson. <laughs> so you've been inspired to change, right. you know, to motivate yourself to stay in this business, entertainment-wise. Mm-hmm. But also, like I said, if you're not in this business, be positive. Be that influence, you know, within yeah. yourself first and stop complaining, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, people who complain all day, every day. I... I exclude myself. I hate, from I hate the negativity, man. That's I, all it is. Negativity. And I've been around people that were like that. And what I do is I just politely say, well, I think my mama calling me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but she don't live here. I was like, I know. That's why it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that she's calling me. So let me go address that. Right. And I leave. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to be negative, you're going to complain and you're not going to do anything about it. Shut up. Right. Shut up. You're just taking up air. Taking up air and space. Just shut up if mm-hmm. you're not going to do anything. You know, and that's with your life, your personal life. Mm-hmm. That's with your black community, with your Middle Eastern community. Right, you know, for people having these stereotypes, or if you're going to complain about these shows, let's get the Claire Huxtables back. Mm-hmm. Can we get that family dynamic back? Can right. we get a positive female role model that's not a thought? Right. You know what I mean? And I said this previous, like, you don't have to, you know... Let's get someone that's upright, standing, positive, mm-hmm. that people can look at and say, I want to be her. Right. I feel comfortable saying that my daughter can aspire to be her. And even for a, a black male, my son, you know, can be him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we have all these examples now. A f- not all, but a right. few. Right. But let's put these more out in the media, you mm-hmm. know, on television, in music, in entertainment, in the courtroom, you yeah. know, in your schools, you be that positive person so that you change people's outlook on your community. Yeah. Cause when they start seeing you act different, 
and you dressing it's gonna differently. It's going to change their perception. And it's going to change their perceptive, you know, in other states. Because then it's going to be like, no, 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 Trayvon came. He couldn't do that. Because he's, exactly. he's a nice boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's what we think about any other race where we, we have a perception of somebody else. And we have that perception because of how they've acted towards us. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to him, say, you know what? No, he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have that because most, and I say most, you know, not all, but most of the the young black community, that that's what they see us as, troublemakers. Mm-hmm. They see us as a threat because that's what we've been cool doing. Mm-hmm. So... Very true. So hopefully everyone's listening from beginning to end. And if not, you have 24 hours on Periscope. 24 hours. Yes, to watch this. To watch the live feed of everything going on up in here as I'm doing my hands in front. (laughs) Don't know why I'm doing that. But on podcast, this will be out on Monday. So guys, follow and listen on uh, podcast every Monday. I'll give you the time. The time is different uh, every week, but it's always going to be Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday at MeganAWeaver.Podbean.com If you're listening, you already know that because how would you get there? You're on there. You're already on there. You're on it. But for Periscope, that's the information for you. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I missed it, or I want to watch more, or what are you doing, all that stuff. Here on my podcast, I have people in the industry talking about their life, their love, and entertainment. And how you're able to do all this. And also just, fuck it, we threw in some little politics. Yeah, you know. You know, because you never know. Like, it, we're human. It's Wednesday. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a Wednesday. Right, right, right. It's Political Wednesday. I just made that. Hashtag Political <laughs> right. Wednesday. I might actually put that for your podcast. Right. Or as one of my hashtags. There you go. So, thank you guys for watching and for listening. Until yeah. next time, be informed, be liberate. I feel motivated. I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to go do something. I'm about to go change the world right, right. now. You know, you know, you know hopefully somebody else feels that way after this, too. So, hopefully. be the change. I feel like, isn't that something? That's somebody's, mm-hmm. somebody's slogan. So, you be it. Be Stop complaining. If you're going to complain, shut up and don't come around me. Right. You right. know, lay, me and Gary, don't be, don't be around us. Leave alone. Go complain in your bedroom. Be have your pity party. Because I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Stay in there. Get out of here. So <laughs> get out. <laughs> so thanks, guys, for listening. Oh wait, where can we find you? Oh yeah, all um, your social. I'm about to close out. And right. like, oh, I am, <laughs> I am mostly uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Got it. So you can follow me both places. Is the same handle as at. Gary L. Gray, and I'm going to spell it as G-A-R-Y-L-G-R-A-Y. Again, that's G-A-R-Y-L-G-R-A-Y. For people who are slightly dyslexic, trust me, I've had it all the time. People are like, wait, it's the same letters. They are flipped Gary Gray. Make sure it's with an A, not an E. So both places, Gary Gray. Uh, Yeah, I'm always on Twitter. You can ask me questions. Instagram, I'm really active on there. So just shoot me a question on Twitter. I got you. There we go. Cool. And you guys can follow me if you're on Periscope, you know, and Twitter. Bacon, eating Megan. No G. Bacon, like the food, bacon. (laughs) Eaton, E-A-T-I-N, and then Megan, M-E-G-A-N. And Facebook, I have a fan page. I am Megan Weaver. Or I am, yeah, I am Megan Weaver. Making sure I have my first and last name in there. Mm -hmm. And then Instagram, Megan A. Weaver, M-E-G-A-N, the letter A, and then Weaver, just like the word. Thank God it's an easy last name. I'm like, like the word. (laughs) Like the word. Like the word. And that's it. Yeah, I always feel it's such a list of all these different social media things. So thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the real closing. I'm really closing out (laughs) for listening to Water or Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Love, life, and entertainment. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys.